Hello, welcome to the Bush League Gaming Podcast, your source for ordinary opinions from ordinary gamers. Today we are reviewing Spider-Man Remastered. I'm your host, Jacob Bush, and with me today, he thinks the letter K is an acceptable response when texting. Your favorite Crip Boy, Nick Beard. That is so inappropriate, Nick. Yeah. Wait, do I do that? You do that all the time, man. You just text K. I'm like, hey, uh, you know, I'm coming over, K. Oh man, that is that's really rude. That's I'm sorry. so rude. You really I'll, don't I'll do work that. on that. I, I was just trying to think what's the worst okay. texting etiquette I could. That's put funny because I'm literally looking into my phone right now, typing just the letter K to see what gets pulled up, and please, it just threw me off. Please let me know. That other voice you heard is still trying to make fetch happen. Leader <laughs> of the Nintendites, Ryan Scalf. Still trying to make it. It's happened. No, it's ha- no, it hasn't. It's already come and gone, Jacob. Please tell me you know that reference. Yeah, fetch? from Mean Girls. That's Thank so you. fetch. That, that is fetch, sure. bro. Oh. Today, we have a special guest with us. He bags both his milk and his cookies for Santa each year. Our special guest, Matt from (laughs) Assemble. Got that right. Bag it up. Do they also bag liquor there in Canada? Screw off. (laughs) Or eggnog? Do they bag eggnog? That's a great question. Okay, that that is a reasonable question in the ballpark. No. Carton. It's a carton. Oh, so the carton's good enough for eggnog, but not Not for for the milk. Seasonal, Ryan. Mm. Okay. Anyways... Once a year. Matt, this is the second <laughs> time you've been on the Bush League Gaming Podcast. We're happy to have you back. I I'm okay would... to be back. <laughs> the favorite of Ryan. <laughs> Ryan's still here. Yeah, we need to start having episodes without Ryan so that you, you're a little bit more chipper then. Whoa, 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 whoa. I, I don't like this. <laughs> <laughs> Since we started Bush League, Matt's been pretty much the first person that we interacted with on Twitter. Uh, our first guest, a continued guest. Matt, yes. where can the people find you? Take a look on the internet. Because I'm on there. You go to youtube.com slash assemble show and you will find weekly content, almost daily content now of uh, all things gaming, reacts, nerdy news and content that we all love. And most recently is actually our podcast, which I was fortunate enough to actually have you guys on as my first guest. Uh, And the podcast streams twice a week, Mondays and Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern. It's over at twitch.tv slash assemble show. And yeah, we just uh, chit-chat about games, nerd news content, and really just whatever we feel like under the sun. Which, funny thing about that episode, your podcast episode, Mm -hmm. we were talking about Spider-Man Remastered. So we're going to have some overlap with the discussion. I have some questions that are a little bit different, but I do want to bring up some of the things that Matt brought up on that episode, because they're important for this review. Like I said before, we are reviewing Spider-Man Remastered. It came out on November 12th, 2020, alongside the PS5. It's a remaster of the 2018 game that came out September 7th, 2018 on the PS4. It's developed by Insomniac Games, originally priced at $60, but the remastered version is sold as a bundle with Miles Morales. It's Miles Morales Ultimate Edition for $70. Genre, if you haven't heard of this game, who hasn't heard of this game? It's Action Adventure. This was actually my first pick for the ps5 ryan went with god of war which wasn't a bad choice obviously but which was the right choice i don't know if there's a right choice it might you're right you're right right. we we couldn't have lost in that we couldn't have lost but i think when we get into rating we can discuss yeah let's let's compare god of war versus spider-man let's Let's do do ratings right now right now done we'll just call this episode done but yeah so it's the same overall game as the 2018 version but they did upgrade some of the visuals faster loading there's adaptive triggers now which is taking advantage of the dual sense there's haptic feedback and then also there's 3d audio now Um, it's also including all of the dlc that originally was released alongside the game over time it's a great value it genuinely is but guys i want to start with ryan what's your overall thought of this game it's it's pretty good 
Wow. It's the same thing <laughs> on my show. At, it's fine. Just looking at Matt's face. I just can't look away from Matt when I talk because it's his is that a, is expressions that a genuine, are incredible. Is that genuine? It's pretty good. No. Um, I think this is the greatest superhero video game that I have ever played. Okay. Yeah. Um, we're going to talk more about that. Yeah, but yeah, I, think, yeah. I think as far as superhero video games go, you cannot get a better game. I appreciate that cliffhanger. Nick, what do you think? Yeah, I would say the same. It's funny, in my notes, I put that my expectations for this game were extremely low. And I was trying to think why, and I figured it out. And I just thought, well, it's a superhero game, so it's probably going to suck. And uh, I was pleasantly surprised quite a bit. So that's uh, kind of my my summary of it without jumping into the details. Yeah, and... Matt, you obviously played the 2018 version, so this isn't completely new for you. But take us back to 2018, Matt. He was uh, he was less what a tired. Time to be alive. What were your thoughts back then? I agree with Ryan. I wow. <laughs> I know, right? In 2018, no. Ooh. I have a feeling we're going to disagree when we start breaking it down. But okay. continue. Okay. Oh, thanks. Okay. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> um, I I loved it then really loved it and i love from the story to them nailing the web slinging mechanics which is probably the hardest thing to nail since spider-man 2 that everyone oozes over of and it's never been right since then to give me that feeling like batman the arkham trilogy had done with batman uh to make you feel like you were really entrenched in that world and they the uh, rocksteady nailing all of that on the Batman side, I think that Insomniac just, yeah, they crushed it in 2018, and it is my most, it is my most replayed game since it came out. Um, I will always go back and through the remaster that we've all done, I've gone back time and time and time where I can just enjoy segments of that game, like a comic book, or going back to like your favorite Marvel movie of like I just want to watch the fight scene, I just want to go through and do that, I just want to web sling. So it is by far my, probably, yeah, Ryan, my favorite superhero game. Which you bring up, you brought up Rocksteady, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you guys play the Arkham games at all? So I didn't. And that's funny you say that. I was going to readdress that question because I've heard so many great things about it. You guys both think it was better than Arkham? I'll get there. They're I'll different. Ooh. Let me save that. Let me save that for save later. Save that one. Okay. Yeah. Because okay. we can talk about that. But, but, we're but, never going to get to the actual discussion. No, no. We're just gonna keep, yeah, we'll yeah. get there. We'll get yeah. there. We'll get there, Ryan. We'll keep you blue. <laughs> Ryan, did, yeah. you, did you play Arkham at all? Any of the Arkham games? Okay, I, I played the demo of Arkham Asylum. <laughs> yeah. That's so it? We, and as far as demos go, this is why it bothers me so much. Yeah. So maybe I should take one back my comment demos, then. The best, best superhero demo I've ever played. That's you, like, I think okay. you beat up about six guys in orange jumpsuits and then the demo ends. And I was Sounds like, about right. Oh, yeah, this I think I get the entire scope of this game and I felt no need to go back. But. Ryan is like when we all had either PlayStation One, probably PlayStation One, when we would get demo discs in the mail and you'd still be able to do that, or at Blockbuster or whatever, they would give it out to you, or it would be with the game itself. So you'd open up like your PS1 and you'd open up the oh, you guys are Xbox guys. So you would still open up discs. Oh, I had or, a PS1 oh. and a PS2. And then you would see that there's demos like Spyro, and you play Spyro, and Ryan's like, "Yeah, I played Spyro," and (laughs) you just play that loop, that eight minute loop over and over. You have no idea how disrespectful what you just said was. Spyro (laughs) is my game. 
Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Huge insomnia. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Did that bother you? <laughs> you hit a nerd. You found it, Matt. You yeah, finally dude, found I, that nerd. I did not appreciate that, Matt. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> moving it back into Spider-Man, I want to talk on the gameplay elements. We're going to do gameplay. We're going to do some technical things, and then we're going to talk story. And in, within story, we're going to do some spoilers. So right now, let's focus on gameplay. It's a third-person action-adventure open-world game set in New York, as all Spider-Man games are. The game has a main story, but also a range of side missions. Some of those side missions, side quests, uh, vary between aspects like hideouts, outposts, taskmaster challenges, research stations, random crimes, et cetera, et cetera. Backpacks, we'll throw backpacks in there because those are a big deal. But as you progress through the game, you unlock towers that unlock bigger portions of the New York map. Uh, very reminiscent of like a Far Cry where you're, you're climbing up these towers and then you can see more of the map and it shows you more of the kind of side quests. I kind of wanted to get a, a gauge of what did you think of the overall city and I guess the, the breadth of things to do. There's a ton of side quests. There's a, you know, I remember Nick, you mentioned that you got stuck doing backpacks at a certain point. Kind of speak to what you thought of at least the variety of things to do in the city. Because in, in previous Spider-Man games, there was not much in some cases. You kind of ran out of things. You were catching balloons. You were delivering pizzas. Very lame things in older Spider-Man games. Yeah, I thought that the side objectives were one of the biggest value adds. And, and that could have just been my low expectations or not knowing what I was getting into. But I felt like they added a ton of time to the game. And they also forced me to explore areas that I might not have explored had I not just been doing a side quest or searching for an objective. And uh, I don't know about Far Cry, but it reminded me of Assassin's Creed where I would go through and there would just be all these things popping up on the map and I would just go do them. I'd get pulled in that direction. So I thought the side objectives were, uh, all the options were fantastic. Yeah. And I, I mentioned this on the show with on Matt's podcast, they, I felt like it was a really good variety and a really good add to the game because I, there was just so many possibilities that you could come across, especially the crime tokens that you would earn. So if, if you stop a crime, you get a token, you can spend that on like upgrades and things like that. You guys know about me. I, I cannot walk away from a crime. Like I feel for those NPCs and it, it's horrible. And so like, I feel like a real person is getting mugged or murdered when I just walk away. So for me, it was super distracting because I spent so much time all the way through the story. I would stop at every crime token that I ever passed. I had an endless amount of crime tokens. Matt, what'd you think of the side quests? Not much. No. Um, I love, I, I like you guys, I think that there's a ton of variety. Because you get all of the DLC included with the remaster, I think it's like, it's a juggernaut of a game. Without the DLC, it's huge. And not to go into Miles Morales at all, that is a very much more contained story and map and experience. Um, when you play them both pretty closely together, you notice how much bigger Spider-Man Remastered is. And not in a bad way at all. It's just more and more and more and more. There's some things that Miles does better uh, for similar gameplay pieces. But yeah, from even I've gone back like in the last month and I've gone back to like try a brand new game and I'm like, I'm hunting for backpacks again. And I'm going through all of those missions and side missions. It's just fun. Like it's not, it's not a boring loop because they give you so much good variety of like, I don't feel like doing crimes right now i feel like just trying to clear an area like i will get into a mode where i just feel like 100 percenting one section of the map 
And then I just target that and that's all I want to do. And then just kind of move my way around. So I think that the game gives you enough variety within it outside of the main campaign uh, to kind of kind of choose what you want to do with Spidey. Yeah, and that makes a lot of sense because I, I'm having a hard time starting Miles Morales. I have it. It's, it's downloaded. But I keep getting pulled back into Spider-Man Remastered because it does feel like there's so much more to do. I don't feel like I can move on to Miles Morales until I kind of, you know, go through all the DLC, finish some of these areas because there's, I don't know, it, it definitely, I'm shocked by it saying this, that I'll just be playing something else and all of a sudden just have an urge to hop back into Spider-Man, not play a story, just go and swing around just swinging around the city. They nailed it. Like it, it feels, it, it pulls you back in every time. And it's obtainable, right? Like the, I mean, the, the end game, like platinuming it and finishing the whole thing. Like you may be looking at it, like I can keep going back, but I never felt like, man, I have to grind these missions, these side missions to try and finish this or to get this trophy or anything like that. So when you are trying to look at hundred percent in it, you're like, Oh, I'm at, I'm at 80%, 87%. What do I have to do? You know, I got to clear a couple of missions and, and do these trials with, they're all within reason and they don't make you, they do the good thing that other games I feel do poorly, which is they don't make you say, okay, you got a new game plus it. And now you've got to beat, you know, 5,000 guys or reach this specific time. That's nearly impossible. Um, they they kind of just give it to you by the end. Well, it, that doesn't even mention the fact that just the gameplay alone, swinging around the city of New York, I could have done nonstop. They didn't even have to have the tokens in there. I was obsessed. I bet you about six hours of my gameplay was devoted to just swinging around the city, looking at how beautiful New York looked, and showing friends what the PS5 can do. I mean, it's a perfect showcase for this next gen. And my wife and I, we even had friends in town from New York, and we were swinging around New York, showing them their apartment building, where they worked. They, I mean, everything, obviously the, the names on the buildings were changed, but everything was so accurate and it was just a really cool experience. I felt like, yeah, having friends over and swinging is just the, the coolest thing. Um, so going into some of the things you brought up, Ryan, about the tokens, token, <laughs> I, I tried to just gloss right over that, but I couldn't, I wasn't gonna let that slide, Ryan. I set myself up for that. You completely set yourself up for that. Yeah. So I want to go into the token aspect. We talked about, it's a big mechanic. It really is because what these tokens do, they allow you to unlock new suits. You can upgrade your tech. You can unlock new tech and it really incentivizes these side quests and pushes you. Like I do need an objective. I couldn't just do these crimes if I didn't get something out of it. I'm not like Ryan. I don't need to save these, these pedestrians. Heartless. Maybe. Nick, spe- hey, back me up here because I saw you tweet something out about, uh, oh, there's a crime going down, but I'm going to go get this backpack. Yeah, I just not worried about it. Said someone was kidnapped in the trunk of a car or something. And I was like, but the backpack, it's right there. <laughs> and I'm at like 40 of 56 now. Yeah. Every so, time. I think yeah, this I, is just revealing like a difference in character between the three of us. We, you know how deep, I feel in video games. <laughs> deep, yeah, deep character flaws. Okay, do you guys... Every nine minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are... You would in the games where you get to choose, you would always go bad. Like you're always a villain in like Knights of the Old Republic too. Is that I, true? I, no, I do a light side and then I do a dark side. I, I cannot do the dark side. I try and then I feel bad for being mean to that 
creature that doesn't exist. Yeah, well, look how good the uh, light side got you in Assassin's Creed yeah, Odyssey. You, you killed an island. Anyways, that's, oh, that's for a different show. Guys, I want to talk to some gripes that I have with mechanics. Oh, okay. It's something mm-hmm. I actually heard about back when the game launched. Matt, you can speak to this since you were there at launch, but the stealth missions, and specifically back then when I wasn't really paying too much attention, but I heard some things, it was a Mary Jane stealth mission. So oh yeah, let me, let me paint the picture for you. I encounter this first stealth mission. I'm Mary Jane. I'm you know, sneaking through this museum and I complete it and I go, man, the internets are a bunch of babies. Like they were, they were crying about this stealth mission. And then I realized, no there are more stealth missions and there are more stealth missions and there are more stealth missions. I cannot stand the stealth missions in this game for a second. They're trash. Yeah. They're, they're very bad. Including miles. Including I like miles. them. Nick, Nick, why do you of like, of course them? you do. It reminds me of metal gear solid. Minus the metal gear. Minus, yeah, minus the, the, box. Of, minus the box. No box. Minus, no box. You so hit you, behind a box. You really don't yeah, mind the true. stealth. No, I thought it switched it up a little bit. I could have done with maybe one or two less stealth missions but the museum one i thought was extremely cool and some of my biases come up in that because of the japanese culture and you're taking photos of you know these paintings and samurai swords and i liked the whole demon uh, narrative entirely but i thought it was fun it kind of switched it up a little bit there was one that i really didn't like but that wasn't with mj that was with spider-man but no i thought i thought they were fine kind of gave it a little you took a break from swinging for a second because your wrists were so tired. So you did, did some sneak scenes. It's a good point. Sneak scenes. I think that most people don't like the stealth. Did you also like the puzzle games that you had to do? Like the yeah, I did, spe- but I'm a big puzzle puzzle gamer. So did you, did you like all of this game? Spider-Man. Yeah, I, I was thoroughly <laughs> pleased with every aspect of it. Wow. wow. Okay, so those are my two, like, really, when I talk about this game... <laughs> I, the, the, the game is fantastic, except those two big things, and they come up way too often, in my opinion. Yeah, I think it could have yeah. definitely done less of the sneakery, but I enjoyed, I enjoyed them. I thought it was, I don't know, you, you, again, I was expecting nothing with this game, so I could have just been entirely shocked going into it blind and having low expectations. But when you jump in, you start you know, slinging your web and flying through New York, it's incredible. Every, you know, like 10 minutes, you're unlocking this new side objective where you can go do all these things. And then all of a sudden you're fighting people. And next thing you know, you're doing something completely different. You're doing a stealth mission. So I thought it was kind of like this switching up the normal mechanic of being Spider-Man. So I thought it was good. I, I mean, could definitely have done done one or two, maybe five less than what were there. But I thought it was a fun, fun mechanic. It was so convenient and sick that Miles made that hacking app the night before so that he could take all those military <laughs> drones out. I'm like, dude, why doesn't every high schooler do this? That is so See? sick. Seems very easy. Yeah, yeah, I know. I found the same thing where I like that to Nick's point. I like that it broke it up because if they didn't add that, I mean, you do, you probably could shave off. Uh, an hour to two hours probably total of that game which may be good maybe bad but i did like that it broke it up kind of give you a breather because if you just went for the mainline story you were on a full ride and it's great uh but it does break it up a little bit which is nice i'm the puzzles the first time i remember going through i thought okay but i did find them a little long in the tooth that they just kept coming back every time i was going back to doc ock i'm like oh oh goody I have to do another puzzle to the point, guys, where I do remember where I had, I'm not a puzzle man. 
if you can't tell. I don't – I enjoy checkers. That's not a puzzle. That's sure, a, that's, that's a puzzle. A we'll call it a puzzle for today. Connect Four is like a puzzle, isn't it? Ryan, yeah. help me out here. Candyland? Candyland, thank you. Snakes and ladders. Yeah. Like that. Did you say snakes and ladders? Yeah. It's different. Is that the game? I or thought is it shoots, shoots and ladders? ladders. Shoots and ladders? Shoots and we have ladders. snakes and ladders. Oh. <laughs> See, I'm sorry. Canada, snakes Canada are version. so much less fun. See, but again, we... It's a shoot. <laughs> like a slide. <laughs> we, we, we do. We have snakes and ladders. Matt, I'm aware of shoots and ladders. Anytime you mistake something, you can always be like, oh, that's just how we do it in Canada. Like, yeah. We, it's we just totally, part of Canada. You could literally say anything and I'll believe it. I actually, no joke, I had uh, made the kids pancakes this morning with um, real Canadian maple syrup. That was the thing. Oh, had the big leaf amazing. on the front. That was actually purchased from like a barn local in my, wow. in my wow. homestead. Yeah, that's a thing in Canada. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, <laughs> puzzles. So I don't like the puzzles. I didn't like them the first round when I started. I, I, I remember that I got halfway through and I was on YouTube looking at how do I get through this puzzle? Like when it was my first playthrough, I was done with it. I was like, I, I just want to get into the story again. So I would go on and I'm like, okay, what's the pattern? Get me out of this because I just want to get back to the main line. Why? I thought Doc Ock was so dumb, dude. Like the As puzzles that he would leave you. Where he's like, I the have puzzles puzzle. that he leaves you. He's like, hey, I couldn't figure this out. Could you? And it's like, <laughs> he's putting man. like six volts into like negative two volts. And That's like, a really good on, point, man. Ryan. I never thought of that. Then I'm like, it's Doc Ock. He's got a master's in everything. Yeah, he's, he's just like a magician PhDs. of science. And he's like, I can't figure this out. No, that, that's, just the, uh, that's just the busy work. That's like his secretary. Yeah, yeah. maybe that's it. Maybe he goes, hey, Peter, you're kind of my tool. Why don't you go and figure this puzzle out for me? Because I'm tired from making my like arms. I would love if like the end, the twist is that those puzzles meant nothing and like Peter Parker is not smart. And, like, he's just been, like It's like community service Doc Ock is doing where he's just like letting this kid come in and solve Sudoku's. He's... Peter's secretly just super stupid and Octopus just feels like he's, he's just buying gonna, time. He's, he's buying time pity to build on his arms. <laughs> wow. Surprise, I knew you spat him it all along. You've I, been secretly building my machines and my armies. <laughs> now I'm going to murder you. <laughs> we cracked it, guys. We cracked the code. We solved it. It's not, it's, we joke, but it's kind of real where it's like, why is Doc Ock, hey, Peter, you fixed my stuff. And Peter doesn't question, oh, no. You got some wild octopus arms happening <laughs> in your shed. Why is he building this? Oh, it's fine. It's for science. <laughs> science, yeah. Oh my gosh. Wow. I can't believe. Yeah, this makes sense. So, plot no, holes. Plot holes a little bit. But again, the I think speaking to our God of War episode last week, we talked about how those puzzles in that game were super rewarding. And like after you solved it, you felt good. After solving these puzzles, I was like, okay, eh, let's yeah. move on now. Like, that's the yeah. difference between busy work puzzles and then really good game mechanics. And I think here it was very much busy work. And, and to your guys' point, Doc Ock's busy work. Okay, and here's another point, and I'm not just trying to hype up God of War, although it might be the greatest game I've ever played. Fair. When we're talking about these stealth missions, in my, my point of view, and I think Jacob would agree, was like, this was so clearly just them it's just a, a vehicle for them to explain more story without like a ton of cutscenes, which I totally respect. And I think that's a great add to a game. But when God of War did that, 
you're like boating through a canyon and there's everything to look at is just gorgeous. And then you have this hilarious character, Mamir, telling you these myths in like an amazing storyteller way. Like it's just good storytelling to where you don't mind that they're just taking all this time to tell you, tell you in a cutscene where you're on your way to the next area of the mission. Well, in this game, like that's like the difference between, I think, a legendary game and like a really good game that's trying to do that, but they're not, they're not using that same level of artistic creativity. No, yeah, I think you're nailing it. And also, let's just talk about God of War. Let's just let's completely turn this episode around. I'm in. Yeah. Let's just talk God of War. I feel like we didn't cover it all in our <laughs> hour episode. Two more hours. Two more hours of God of War. But anyway, so moving out of gameplay, let's go into some technical discussion. So one of the cool things with Spider-Man Remastered, Matt, correct me on this. I don't know if it was in 2018, but with Spider-Man Remastered, you can choose between a fidelity or a performance mode. Yes. And... At launch, I immediately chose Fidelity because I wanted that 4K beautiful ray tracing. But yeah, Matt was making mm-hmm. videos talking about this whole topic in general. So I was like, I'm going to dabble in the 60 frames per second. And sure enough, that performance mode is game changing. It is life changing. It is incredible. Yeah. Now we do have an update because even my content's out of date, shocking with the internet, your stuff's out of date while, by the time you produce it. So we do have a new update, but uh, sorry, this pertains to Miles Morales. So I apologize, but no, no, I no, 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 no. If they actually, if they, I wouldn't be surprised if they actually just make it happen for Spider-Man Remastered. They, they, they did. Yeah. Oh, did they? they? Did. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I thought today it was just I for Miles. It. No, today, I, today I saw it. So describe, describe, it's the same as Miles Morales, but describe it for us. Well, then I'm very excited because I didn't know it was coming out for the remastered. So we have ray tracing um, at 60 frames per second has come out as an update for both Miles and for Spider-Man remastered, um, which is incredibly cool. They've done some adjustments when it comes to the ray tracing, but and even their description of it, guys, I don't know, like I had to read it like two or three times where I'm like, so ray tracing is in and it's at 60 frames per second. Okay, but they have done something where they've been able to manipulate it where you're getting kind of the best of both worlds. It seems a little odd to me that they wouldn't have just taken the extra time, especially with Spider-Man Remastered, to just put that in. Like we got both games released, PS5, you had to toggle between both. We all talked about this before too. We were like, yeah, I like this mode. I like 60 or I like the ray tracing. And then not a week later, it's here you go. You can have both, which I went, oh, this was a huge crux of our arguments, I think, early, which was, what do you like? Why do you like it? And could they get to a point where both are actually going to be standards in the game? And sure enough, we have what seems to be both. I can't, I've tried to toggle it, guys, where I've tried to go back to just, okay, here in Miles specifically, here is the new ray tracing 60 frames. And then I've gone back to the standard, like all three. And I've tried all three of them. You can tell the difference between ray tracing, which is the fidelity mode. Yeah. yeah. And performance mode. Those two, you can tell. They look a little more washed out when you are going into 60 frames per second. But it's so buttery smooth. But now when you toggle it to the dual, um, I can't tell. It just looks beautiful. There's puddle reflection. That's all I need. That's, That's all you it. need in your life is just a little oh, splashback. I just I, like when you walk kind of like melancholy across the streets of New York. Yep. While it's raining. Place. While it's raining. And then like you look at your reflection. Down. Down in the puddle. Dude, and you I live go, for that. Hello, for that. darkness, my old friend. <laughs> There's a bag blowing in the wind. Yeah. You have your Where's Spider-Man you? somehow has that 
Toby Maguire. You go yeah. Toby Maguire skin. Yeah. yeah. Emo Toby Maguire. Slide on but, chairs. But Matt, like to speak to that, it's awesome that I, you know, this sounds like an after launch thing because they probably were working on it for up to launch and they finally yep. were able to give us the best of both worlds. I think it's a slight drop in resolution with this best of both worlds version. But again, to your point, I don't think we can notice. I'm not a big graphics guy. I do realize now that I'm a frames guy because the 60 frames versus 30 frames is significant and I'm going to have a hard time playing games not at 60 frames moving forward. It's yeah, a- I, I cannot go back. Really? Yeah. I love the fact, and I still will go back to this, I 60 is game-changing and for anybody on PC, it's not. Um, but for us lonely boys... It's it's incredible how much of a difference that actually makes for any game for any of the new games or games that we're going back to, whether it's Ghost or God of War, uh, or Spider Man. It's incredible in Spider Man specifically how that brings me back in, and I go, wow, I'm going to replay this whole thing. Miles, it's the same thing where I'm I'm toggling, and I've done my playthrough where I was just doing full ray tracing, and now with the dual. And I've, I've given it a little bit of time. I want to go back to it in maybe a week or two and start my, my new game plus and try to 100% that. But with Spider-Man Remastered, I go in there and toggle it a ton. And now I'm just kind of sitting on uh, the 60 frames per second. It's really, really neat how much that changes it. But I, I feel I'm in the camp of it's game dependent. Because to your point, Ryan, Ghost is beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful game. And I don't know that the frames matter as much as long as they're consistent if it's 30 consistent locked if it is 60 great but it almost starts to play into in my opinion that you can get these games uh, that we've already come out with where we can get them to a point where they can give you those they can patch it and they can give you those updates assassin's creed has done this where just a week uh two weeks after it launched they came out with another update so i turn on my series x and it's locked 60 with full ray tracing and it's gorgeous so i did not know that that's amazing. yeah so a game like that that is third party is on everything has that update and they did it after the fact i think first party titles like a god of war or ghosts easily can go back and go hey and I, I think it honestly it's at this point it becomes almost an added feature and benefit for gamers to go oh i gotta go back now i want to try this mm. again why why do i want to revisit this game that's a yeah. good point. Draw you back in. Yeah, maybe you didn't finish the game, and that's a good reason to hop back into it. But yeah, Nick, what were you playing on? I was playing Infidelity. The whole time? Yeah, because to me that was similar to, you've got a better argument for the buttery smooth 60 in this, but to Ryan's point, I spent probably like a tenth of my time, maybe even more than that, taking photos in Spider-Man. So for me, the the you know the high fidelity, the the better imagery, that's always going to not always, but most likely that's going to be my pick. Yeah, that's understandable. It really is. I, I do think I'm stuck with the frames kind of thing. But again, if you're in photo mode, you need the you need the higher resolution, you need those ray tracing. So I actually want to talk about one aspect of the gameplay that continually annoyed me. And it I'm curious what you guys think because it, it could just be my fat fingers that can't control the controller well but when you go for a backpack and it's in like the corner of a wall i could not get to it because like you get onto the wall and all of a sudden he's just starts sprinting straight up yeah yeah like true and then i start crawling on the wall and then i have to turn around and i'm like going upside down and then like once the camera turns around the control switch it's hard to explain but once you go for one backpack that's like in a little underhang, which probably 50% of them are, 
it became so annoying. I stopped going after backpacks because I was like, this is so stupid. Like, it takes me five minutes to get to the backpack when I can see it. I ended up having to do that like web zip thing where you can left trigger and then aim and then right trigger and you'll zip directly to that location. That's the only uh, way I was able to get yeah. to those ones because I that same out way thing. too late. Same thing, Matt? Yeah, whereas you're yeah, you're climbing in an alcove or you're you're under a bridge. You're like, there yeah. there it is, like you're looking at it, and yeah, you you sprint and you stop, and then your your camera gets all wonky. It's a little troublesome. Yeah, but yeah, that, that is a tower, one thing. you end up overshooting it and jumping off the entire building. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. still the best, at least, traversal that I've ever played in a Spider-Man game by a long shot. And I've I think I've played pretty much 90% of the ones that have released on console. But yeah, there are some mechanic issues where you can't get you can't get exactly to these fine-tuned spots. Guys, how do you feel about moving on to story? Ooh, let's get the oh, story. Let's, let's talk about Aunt May. Let's go into May. What? I can't Hold wait on. to okay. talk about Aunt May. Oh, let's just go right into it, Ryan. What about Aunt May? What do you want to say about Aunt May? This Old is Aunt the May, middle-aged hottest Aunt May. rendition of May right. in all of Spider-Man. Homecoming. Uh, Marissa it just Tomei. doesn't do it for Marissa me. Tomei. No, 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 no. This is the hottest May. We all May. wanted it. This is the hottest May. I, I would say this May, Tobey Maguire's May, and then Homecoming's May. <laughs> oh, sir. Well, hold on. Where's animated Whoa. Aunt May? Animated May. Oh. Animated May. Animated May. Okay, she's above Toby. 96 animated series Spider Man May. Ryan's Ryan's into grandmas. That's what we're doing. 1977 comic. Yeah, it's just a number. Moving into a story. It's an important number. It's a very (laughs) important number. We're talking about (laughs) anime. It's an important number. (laughs) We're talking like 40 years between the two of you. It's okay. Hey, you know what? It's got a thing. We're moving into Ryan has his taste. He he has some weird taste. Judgment. Any ways. (laughs) What else is there to talk about? Peter is about eight years into his Spider-Man career in this game. One thing I liked about this eight-year experience, Spider-Man, is that it's not retelling a lot of the things we've seen in all these Spider-Man movies and the Spider-Man comics. We're actually seeing a seasoned Spider-Man where, sure, Doc Ock isn't Doc Ock yet, but for the most part, every other villain is already a villain, and I appreciate that. Did you guys like this this age of Peter? Because right now in the MCU, we have a younger Spider-Man, a novice Spider-Man. And quite frankly, every iteration of Spider-Man we get on film is more novice. So did you guys like the season Spider-Man? I didn't actually think too much about it until the uh, stream a couple weeks ago, to be honest. So I, I thought it was fine. And then w- this whole conversation we had about, well, he's really young. So how can he be mentoring Miles Morales and I, you know, I didn't think, I didn't think too much of it. Didn't bug me at all. I, I was, I was actually hoping he'd be more like Tom Holland because that's my favorite. Judge me. That's okay. I, I'm not I do you. like, okay. I do like Tom Holland a lot, but I think this is honestly one of my favorite Spider-Man universes. Just, yeah. Like the, the fact that all of those villains are already known, they have this backstory, this deep history. And, and you remember it kind of brought you back to a lot of the old things you loved about Spider-Man. It's like the the Hall of Fame of Spider-Man boss fights, I would yeah, say. It was like, if you're not okay with this rendition of Peter Parker, just wait till the end of the game. We'll bring you back to the good times. Yeah, you have a point there. And actually, let's, let's speak to that a little bit. Because this game is terribly paced in the front. We talked about this on your podcast, Matt, where I feel like the first 40% of this game are about characters that quite frankly in a story that I don't care about much. Yeah. It, it takes 40% yeah. of this game to actually get into the meat and bones of a good story. And that's, that's too long in my opinion. That, that really is a, a big con when I look at you know, rating this game. So Matt, I, 
Did you get that? You played this game, what, twice now with the story? Oh, no. <laughs> How many times have I played this game? Is it three um, times? I have played, I have beaten Spider-Man from the 2018 to remastered. I have three saves on my PS5 right now. One's the regular, the new game plus, another one. I have, I think I have beaten the game four times, four wow. to five times. Wow. So speak the to the story. Speak to the and pacing then. It's long in the tooth, and I agree with you guys. After you were on my show, and you're talking about how, like, you know, the front half is heavy, and we, if you cut out a lot of that, if you cut out the puzzles, if you cut out the Miles Morales, the uh, Mary Jane pieces, maybe or just reduce them a little bit, you would have a much more cohesive story, and you wouldn't feel it was as bloated. Going back multiple times, and even just jumping in here and there and doing a couple of missions or whatever, you start to notice that you're like, okay, can we we sh- we should get to this Doc Ock thing a little bit faster. I think Mr. Negative is a great foil within the universe, but Jacob, to your point, it gets it's a little long to get there. I almost feel like there are scenes and there are moments in that game where you're fighting him where I'm like, okay, it should be over now. And we should yeah. we should have already gotten into Doc Ock's motivations. And I feel like that tends, and we'll get into all that, but I feel like that comes a little bit later and almost, okay, we, we're kind of rushing act three uh, to, to make all these things fit. Whereas you could have had him maybe looming a little bit earlier on and, and had that snowballing while Peter is trying to fight off Mr. Negative. But yeah, it's there's pacing. And when you do play Miles, guys, you will you will notice things in that game where you're going, I really love Miles' story or the way they, they, they took all the right cues from the Spider-Man and they learned a lot of lessons. And they're like, here is a nice, you know, eight to 12 hour game, Spider-Man game. And you're in and out and you, you get all of the highlights. That's, that's what I take Miles as. And that's where I feel like when I go back or i do jump into spider-man I'm like oh it's yeah it's a big big 20 plus hour game i'm happy to hear that because i have heard that miles is shorter and there's critique of is a game too long is it too short i'm leaning more towards shorter games that's just how life is these days i yep. like a short concise good story and spider-man wasn't that it, it just wasn't there it's a great story but we made the comparison in our God of War episode where we compared it to Red Dead Redemption. Red Dead does not respect your time. God of War does respect your time. Where I think with Spider-Man Remastered, sure, it's 20 hours. That's, that's not a long story. It really isn't. But at the end of the day, I felt like there was filler. So it could have been shorter. But I do want to ask you guys, are you okay going into spoilers now? Is there anything you want to say before we get into the spoiler zone? Spoilers. As long as the no. spoilers talks about the villains and talks we're going about straight into more, villains. we go into more anime. So much more anime. Oh my oh, gosh! Really? Actually, yes. We have spoilers. a podcast within a podcast talking anime. about anime. Let's rank yeah. the anime. We're gonna put it's some photos different. up of Aunt May. Yeah, Doc. We're gonna rate Aunt May. Ryan does do a lot of photo mode. He does. How do. much of his private photo mode was hey, on Aunt May? You, you're asking <laughs> the wrong questions, buddy. You better back up. All right, for the, for the listener at home, we are now, this is your warning. We're going into our spoiler section. If you do not want to hear anything about the Spider-Man remastered story, I'm going to put some time codes in the episode. Go into the description of this episode. You'll see some time codes. Jump forward and we'll, we'll finish our review and give a rating and uh, give a conclusion there. So this is your warning. We are in spoilers. Guys, there are some big twists in this in this game. I appreciate all of them. So guys, I want to throw it right into uh, one of the big spoilers. It's, it's basically when the story really takes off this set. It's the catalyst for the whole game. Uh, Miles Morales, dad 
gets killed. It's a it's a big suicide bombing from Mr. Negative and his his squad. And Miles it, Morales' dad gets killed. Did you not realize that that was? Did you even play the game? <laughs> okay, man. So right. focus on Aunt May. Yeah, he, yeah, he's like, where, he I need more Aunt May. Where's Aunt May? I'll take my picture. I, I honestly don't remember any characters in that movie or the game besides Aunt May. <laughs> Stop. Okay, so <laughs> as I was saying, his dad dies. The tone of the game changes drastically. It goes from a jovial comic book, very much, uh, you know, Peter's making jokes left and right into a very serious, like, this is a suicide bombing in New York. It changes the whole city dynamic, the whole landscape. The, the city literally changes where it's just pandemonium, where people are shooting in the streets and there's now this militaristic state. It completely flips New York upside down. You're playing in a new environment. But guys, I wanted to talk about this specific thing where, again, Spider-Man stories are typically light. This did this go dark for you, or was this expected in a story? To me, it caught me off guard, especially when you compare it to other Spider-Man stories we've experienced. This was the best part of the story, in my opinion. Dark? Uh, not that. That's weird. Miles' dad died. Okay. But just like this, this made it make so much sense that Miles became the man that he became. And I love that they started this before we even got the Miles Morales game. I just think that was really good foresight that they knew that they were going to do a game with him. I think it was, I think it was really heavy in the best ways. And it was like Spider-Man, this always cheery, jolly guy that lets all comments just bounce off him. Him and Mary Jane broke up because he couldn't address, he couldn't be serious. Like he couldn't have like serious conversations. And here comes this young man who just lost his father that Spider-Man fought alongside of. And he's like, oh my gosh, like I actually have to be an adult now. Like I have to really face this head on. And I, that was like the most connected I felt to Peter Parker in this whole story. There is some like later things that happen that I think were like really well written, but that that was the most real, I think, of all the story. It was real. And I think, uh, you know, <laughs> to to add on to that, you know, what does he do next? He goes and gets a job or volunteering, however you want to look at what he was doing. And it, it felt super real. You know, there's that moment where he's in there and the vet is kind of like shaking the TV and complaining. And then all of a sudden the news comes on of his dad dying and the vet makes a bad comment. And then like two seconds later finds out that that was his son. And so I, I felt like they really connected you to what was going on there it felt real and uh yeah i mean that whole the whole miles morales part in there uh after the twist just felt good yeah it, it sadly made, good yeah it made you care though right like this yeah. is like i said the first 40 percent of this game is is a bit dry and then you get this that really it, it brings you in emotionally you're more interested in the story and then they just slam you with the Sinister Six pretty much right after this. Yeah. So Matt, I guess, you know, playing this back in 2018 when there were no spoilers, really, we didn't know the Sinister Six were in this. What did you think when you first saw this? I thought for the Sinister Six piece, I thought that was rushed. I was really disappointed that you, like, you, you didn't need it. You really didn't. And for w w how they presented them um, by basically having them... Uh, Spider-Man round robin a mission take them all out pick your point go go fight yeah. each of them and then head to the main boss that part and I think it's been discussed on other podcasts too but that part felt very video game fight the three smaller bosses to get to the big boss at the final act yeah. and that's okay but you could have 
you could have structured it in a way where you maybe this is again where trimming the fat could have come into play where you could have beaten mr negative and if you had built up doc ock's story um a little bit more organically for him to become a villain oh, looming and 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 kind of progressing a little bit better um you could have like defeated mr negative and then pretty much jumped right into doc ock and that might have helped or you could have had a mid-tier boss like rhino who we've seen in miles morales or vulture or somebody else if you wanted to you could have a smaller mid-tier to fight as kind of the middle the second act to then lead to doc ock you could have done something like that i just feel like you have these amazing characters, these amazing villains that all have their own rich stories and history and everything that arguably for a lot of them can be their own main villain and foil against Spider-Man in a game. You could have Mysterio or Vulture. Um, any of these big ones could actually hold the game or support it. And I think that cool to see them, but you're really just kind of feeling like you're getting through it and fighting Vulture just to get to Doc Ock. And Rhino, I'm like, okay, whatever. Just hit him, move on. Um, I had more fun fighting Wilson Fisk in the beginning. I thought that was a great way to kick off the game to then leap out and start web-slinging and begin the game itself. I thought that was a great way to start, but I felt if you were going to do a Sinister Six game, then I'm more of, you shouldn't really toy with it. You can tease it. You can maybe introduce them in the backstory somehow or in a side mission, but either make the game around it or let's put it aside. Let's bank it for later. Yeah. That's a really good point. It, it's almost like, you know, another route that they could have done that would have been enjoyable would have been maybe you're introduced to each one of these villains at different sects of the city. Yeah. And it's like, you have these interactions with them as you progress through the game. And then at the end of the game, it's like, Oh, spoiler. Doc Ock's going to get all of them together and then fight you. Like that would have been a great way to trim the fat, really give these characters that have their rich history and, and background, like you said, that time in the game. And, you know, I, don't know, I feel like you're, that's a good point. They could have done a lot of different things with that. I didn't even think about that because it, it's almost disrespectful to these villains that they're, they're used as fan service, really. You know, just these cameos that are short-lived and I, I think that's a really good point, Matt. And I'm curious what Jacob thinks because as longtime Spider-Man fans, I, that would irk me, you know, that I didn't really pick up on that. But I think it would really bother me that, you know, Scorpion and Rhino and all of them were so thrown away. Like they're just such beta bosses when really they're, they have this huge history with Spider-Man. Yeah, I, I compare this to what dc did with batman versus superman where you throw these two characters together and they didn't earn that fight the dc universe did not earn that fight and to me in this game sure spider-man has a a rich history with these characters but based off how the story plays out they haven't interacted as a sinister six yet so to throw out the sinister six in a game like this in this fashion is it it does feel disrespectful in some sense because oh you're busted out of prison and they're just all together now. And it just doesn't feel right. And then, like you said, Matt, you're circ- you're cycling through, you beat this one, you beat this one, you beat this one, you beat this one. Now you're, now you can beat the last one. It's very video gamey. So to all your points, I, I do think that they should have just done away with some of this Fisk 
and Mr. Negative stuff up front. Quite frankly, I like Fisk. Mr. Negative's, you know, I'm not familiar with this character. You could have done without that storyline a little bit. I, I understand he's the terrorist of New York. It's, it's a big element the there. But yeah, the demons. But to shrink that down a little bit, give me more Sinister Six. I, I do think that the story was a little bit broken up because of this. Because there are some, and I want to get into these, these elements, but there are some really interesting story elements that we just get teased at the end here, right? Mm-hmm. So let's go into some of those. Obviously, we know Miles Morales has his powers now. There's a game for him. The biggest twist to me, though, and man, let's talk about this, but the Harry Osborn, Norman Osborn aspects Norman, obviously, we all know is a bad guy. We don't see any goblin aspects in this in this game yet. We see Good. some teases of it. But again, th- this is where the story shines to me. Norman is painted as a politician, a very bad politician. He has his motives. He's the cause for this viral outbreak. So we have Norman looking like a bad guy. And what we find out is that, quite frankly, Norman is doing all these perceived as bad things simply to save his son, Harry, who is dying of some mysterious disease, and he's creating this terrible virus that could potentially save his son's life. I love this twist so much because, yes, Norman's a bad guy. He's historically a bad guy. But in this game, he has very genuine, fair motives for these bad actions. And then to go further into it, you see Harry, and correct me if I'm wrong, it looks like he's in a bath with a symbiote. Is that correct? Yeah, and and real quick too, just to connect the two between this and the Miles Morales, this is also where the in this game the spider comes from. Yes, that's true. Yeah, the spider comes from uh, Norman's lab, right? His hidden lab. Yeah, kind of travels on MJ and then you know goes somewhere and then all of a sudden it's biting him. Yep, exactly. Should have bit MJ, really. Which how did it not bite MJ? Yeah, let's be real. It was perfect. You should have bought Aunt May, dude. Give her those powers. <laughs> Stop. Shit a bit at me. But guys, what'd you, what'd shoot you, me you, with your web, man. What you think about? It. What did you guys think of this Harry Norman Osborn? Like, what do you think about the story element? I think that the um, Norman Osborn piece is very good. I think it's good that his his motives are like you can understand them, like you're saying. You can understand where he's coming from to try and help his son. He's terrible as a human being. But I do like what they're going to go with this, with the symbiote. And it asks a lot of questions for the next Spider-Man game. If we're going to get Miles Morales built in there as side missions, as, you know, a dual story or completely separate. Because we know now that they're in the same universe. But are we going to get them to overlap? But it does look like they're going to set this thing up to have symbiote in the next spider-man game but i feel that because insomnia games is taking their own spin on spider-man universe the way they want to tell their spider-man story because they've always been very upfront if you watch in or listen to any interviews and podcasts that the developers are in for spider-man they often say how we're trying to tell our spider-man story we look at all the comic books we look at the lore of it all we we try to make sure that we are doing the fan service and doing all these things to keep it grounded, but they want to tell their Spider-Man story. So what I think we end up seeing is probably, I'm wondering if they're going to take a spin on the Venom idea, the symbiote idea. I wonder, wonder if they're going to, because you have Harry, you have the Osborns, you kind of think goblin and you kind of think that I'm going to get a green goblin in the next game. For me, I'm not excited for that only because the movies have destroyed it and I'm over it and I don't need it for 10 more years until it's done right ever ever it's so overdone 
for the general public that it could be boring. And I wonder if their spin on it is that we get Goblin, but he's got Symbiote in there mixed in. You get a Venomized Goblin, for example. But that maybe uh, converts over to like Peter getting the Symbiote and then obviously become Black Suit. And we get that as either the second half of the game or the third game. I just think that you can tell an amazing story by the third game you could get. Like you can have Harry and fighting Peter and Symbiote is in there or he's got those powers or it's somehow leveraged. And then that might actually morph off into teasing a third game, which could be the Venom Spider-Man game that everyone has always dreamt of <laughs> that people have wanted done properly. I don't know. But what do you guys it think? It was done before with Spider-Man Ultimate. Do you remember that game? Yes, I had that on the PC. It was the yeah. an- more animated one. Kind of comic book comic animations. Yep. Yep. I loved that game. Great game. Couldn't yep. run it for anything on my PC, but I remember playing that. I love that it was all comic book style. Oh, yeah. Um, it was they awesome. Actually, they did a great, great job with that. Good game. Good call. Thanks. I actually... I... <laughs> Thanks, Matt. I, I totally agree. I think it it's really setting up some really cool story elements and also it it might have been the best misdirection in the whole story because i there was this weird duality there that i think was intentional where you have doc ock starting with good intentions that became bad and then you have norman who started with bad intentions and then you kind of realize like oh they were good you know and it it kind of as a player you you almost felt like it was good writing because of the misdirection. Like everyone knew Doc Ock was going to be bad, but not, not everyone realized that Norman was going to be having good intentions with all the evil that he's done. Right. And, it, and, and, and then you can kind Mr. of, same goes for Mr. Negative too. Yeah. Who, who would have totally, who would have guessed he was Mr. Negative, man, Mr. Lee. That was, that was a crazy twist where he was How long like, are you going to be gone. <laughs> I'm leaving town. Don't follow me. Don't ask questions. And tell your little redhead friend if she's ever around. She's in real danger. Stay Stay away from my museum. (laughs) I'll kill her. I mean, I'll kill her. I'll I'll see you next week. (laughs) But yeah, Ryan, to your point, there's they do this thing where they the writing's great. Yes, because they show you that. Oh yes, this character who looks good is actually bad, and they do that twice before this big reveal. So I think it's, it's fantastic writing. And that's why I think this hits so well because the writer sets you up with a formula and then they break it at the end in the best kind of way. Did you guys like Mr. Negative? To kind of go back a little bit because we're talking about the end and the spoilers, but how did you feel about Mr. Negative as your first, like Jacob said, 40% of your game? I felt like I they did him. him an injustice, honestly. I think the idea of Mr. Negative is really cool. And if he had been written into a comic book 20 years ago, he would be a fan favorite because I think he's really cool. And that he's kind of got that, like the mask vibe from uh, Batman where he, he's kind of like Jim Carrey's the mask. I almost thought you went with Jim Carrey. the mask. <laughs> no, no, no. Scarecrow. I'm sorry. <laughs> the I mask see, okay, no, I wasn't just me. We were all like, okay, I was totally so, thinking Jim Carrey. Said, I saw both, all of your eyes widened. And the I was mask. Like, like you yeah, can't say the just, mask. Like, just assume that's what you were going with. I said the mask guy. I couldn't remember his name. The scarecrow, they kind of went that vibe where he like puts you into like, or Mysterio even. Yep. Um, he kind of puts you into these dream states where he's manipulating your mind. And 
but it was a really cool take. And I don't know, I just felt like there was, there was a lot to be explored there, but it was just screwed up big time by drawing it out, making these cheesy lines that yeah. everyone knew what was going to happen with Mr. Get Lee. The dream the sequence or like the, whatever it was where Spider-Man is fighting Mr. Negative and you're, yeah, you're kind of in a dream mode. I don't know about you guys, but like when we went, we talked about the Sinister Six aspect of it, my kind of alternate what if, or my alternate universe comic of this would have been game of this would have been um, you fight Fisk. All of that is exactly the same. Fisk goes to jail. And that I felt was, again, it was a great way to start the story, feel out Spider-Man, what this world is going to be like. I feel like you could have then just had Fisk as the complete mastermind that introduced Sinister Six. Immediate, forget about Mr. Negative and just did Sinister Six. And to Nick's point, have them take control. If you want to be gamey, you have them take control of a sector of the map. You are basically doing the boss fight rounds in some capacity and lead up to Doc and do all the Doc Ock stuff the same. Do all yeah, of that the same, but you, and then you don't really know who's going to be maybe your main villain or you think maybe it's Osborne or maybe, you know, you think Fist is going to come back um, and fight you in a mech suit or something like that. <laughs> and then I think you could have kept the majority of the story the same. You could have had a real Sinister Six fight at the end and then still done the exact same Doc Ock end of game. And I think you could end up with the same results. I don't, even when they did the reveal at E3, I still sat there and went, Mr. Negative, right. And he, okay, yes, here he is in the comics and right, right, right. Okay, it's a lot of reminders. And for casual gamers and casual fans or people that are like, I just watch Spider-Man movies and I play the games. Um, They're cool. I don't really follow any of it. Who's Mr. Negative? That's that's hard. That's hard for a very wide general consumer audience of not that they're not going to buy it because they're going to buy it because it's Spider-Man. Um, but to get really invested in that game to a next level, I think you needed more grounded characters. That's why in the movies where Homecoming, I feel, was so great was you had Vulture, who is a great character, but they heightened it and took it to another level with the relationships and grounded it and not to spoil anything, but they, they integrated all of that, right? And brought him down and they wove it all in and it all made sense. And I think that they did so much of that in the game, but you could have done even more. And that's why I feel like Mr. Negative was kind of a miss of, especially for a first game of Spider-Man on a PS4, your first real crack at a real Spider-Man game. To me, you really needed to hit that home. It doesn't have to be Venom and Carnage and all of these crazy giant characters that we want. Uh, You could have done Vulture or Sinister Six or something. And Doc Ock, what do you guys think? One, I think if they just would have fixed some of the cheesy dialogue, it would have been that much better. But the few areas that they did well in was talking about his parents. There's snippets in there about how he had his PhD in studying, you know, these cultural artifacts. And I feel like if you would have just dove into more of who he was, given him this backstory, I don't know, you do all this stuff. I feel like they could have fleshed him out a lot better and removed some of the cheesy lines and maybe even shorted it down a little bit. And it, it would have just been better, but I, I didn't know who he was at all because uh, I'm not a diehard fan, but I think they really dropped the ball there. You know, I didn't have a huge problem with it, but uh, as we flesh this out, I think, yeah, they, they could have done a lot, a lot of different things there and just taken a different avenue. But Nick, to your point, like 
you have a 20 plus hour campaign where we're talking almost half the game is Mr. Negative and we still couldn't flush out that character. It seems like yeah. we couldn't flush out the character enough where it really got people invested. And that's where I, as much as I love the game, that is one thing that I, I find very disappointing is if you had a character like Vulture, for example, as the, even the first 50% as the first boss that you're going to deal with, the first big enemy, and you treat it like Homecoming did, where it's grounded and you really... In Homecoming, in the movie itself, and I know it's not necessarily a fair comparison, but within that film, you didn't need to cre- to do an hour in that two, three-hour movie of flushing out Vulture's uh, motivations. You were fine after 20 minutes. Yeah. He is construction. He yep. is He's collecting stuff. He's a thief. He's got a crew. Something happened to him. Bad things happened. Now he's bad. Go. And, and people were just like, yep, I'm good. I get it. And I get his motivation and they talk about the family and all this other stuff. And you were just like, yep, you only needed a couple of moments. Whereas Mr. Negative needed 10 hours, 12 hours. And those moments with understanding his backstory of his family and the reasons why things happen and where, like how he got his powers and everything, those were crucial. But you could have, to me, you could have done that in in an hour of intro game of like, here's Negative's backstory here's what happened maybe just changed it but i feel like yeah instead we have to teach the audience who this villain is get them to really buy in and understand and try to get some sympathy out of it too where you're going oh he's not bad it's because of what happened to him and you're going okay but doc ock is also building octopus arms over here doing puzzle quests and i'm I'm supposed to ignore that (laughs) puzzle quest it seriously it was a missed opportunity where there was no inner turmoil i was expecting him to be like like in this dream state spider-man help me like the real mr lee he kept talking about this inner demon inner demon making him evil and they never got to like the it actually being this inner demon like this inner power in him that is like possessing him which is like what they mentioned a few times but there was no like inner struggle at all. Like he 100% all gave in and was like, I want everyone to die and burn and never came back from that. There was never even a pushback from that. And it, I'm yeah, just like- Yeah, they only visualized it at the end. And that, mm-hmm. was, that was really it. I mean, there was like the boss battle where, the, I don't know, you call it that big demon comes out, but it didn't have any of that depth that you're talking about, you know, right. that, and, and throughout the story where you're just- you have that inner turmoil. Well, and, and don't forget that the marketing, Matt, back in the day, the marketing led with Mr. Negative. You know he was yep. bad. So for them to spend 20, like I said, 20% of the upfront acting like he's good, you see right through it. So I don't know what the insomniac so thought that like, so is the player so, do we have patience to sit here and be like, oh yeah, he's good, he's good, he's good. What? He's bad? Like it was just, <laughs> it was a bad reveal and it wasted our time. So very similarly, I think they were so close on so many different story elements and they just missed it here and there where it did, it, I, I felt fatigue at a certain point mm-hmm. of, you know, until the very end when I got some really good twists, I felt fatigue to some of these, you know, quite frankly, boring twists, right? They, they spent too much time building them up and then, it, it hit and it just, you were just like, well, yeah, duh. That's what I expected. Yeah. And, and it's very, I mean, in some regards, 
comic booky where it's obvious. Yeah. Um, not always, because because graphic novels and comics are are incredible in their in their own right, where you don't see things happening or you wonder mm-hmm. what's going to happen next. But this was very well. We knew he was the bad guy. They table set that, and then Doc Ock is the real bad guy, and it wasn't like come on, Octavius is there. You're like, yeah. well, it's Doc Ock. So which Matt did you? It's so, going to be bad at some point. Yeah, those those twists we expected. Obviously, this the Harry symbiote was new for us. And then the last twist, and then we'll leave the spoiler section and get into our review, but the last twist, and I'm sorry, Ryan, about this, but Aunt May dies. And quite frankly, that mm. is a twist that I'd never expected. It, it was pour a Pour one out for Aunt May. Let's pour one out for Aunt May. Yeah, right now. Uh, that was a big, a big twist, and it, it kind of showed the sacrifice that Peter made. You know, I'm going to save the city, or do I save Aunt May? And sure enough, he saves the city, of course. But I do appreciate that they did go down this this path, and it's unexplored, quite, quite frankly. Like I don't have we seen have we seen Aunt May die at the hands of a villain yet in the MCU? Not MCU, obviously, but did she Not die? Toby McGuire's. Toby McGuire's. Oh, she didn't Toby die. Toby went to her the hospital. House just no. blew up. Yeah, she blew right. up, and Doc Ock took her. Oh yeah. And mechanical CGI arms her up a building, and she loses her mind. That thus results in a hospital stay for hold on. an extended Let's, period of time where they apparently have amazing health care because she just sits there for like two weeks or three weeks but, where but let's, just go back to, let's go back to totally free. the eyes the eyes oh from Spider-Man 1 when she's talking about uh, I forgot about that Bob, why uh, did you bring that up Green Goblin <laughs> blows up like half yes. of her house the, the eyes. eyes through the mask through the yes. very very Anyways, like clear all right, helmet we're, we're leaving spoiler section this is going off the rails Let's oh, go into crazy. our BLG rating. I miss those movies too, Matt. So for the listener at home, we are now free. This is the spoiler free section. So Nick, I want to start with you because you hate when I start with you with reviews. Nick, give me... Indubitably. Obviously, Bushly Gaming, we do a five out of five is a, a legendary game. So we're, we're on the five scale. Nick, where do you put Spider-Man Remastered? We're ranking AMAs right now. I'm very confused about the show. We're ranking AMAs. Are we ranking AMAs? I'm AMAs so down for that. Nick, we're not, we're not doing this. Nick, what do you give Spider-Man Remastered out of five? Hit me with it. Four. A four. That was a very affirmative four. Yeah. Matt, we're going to leave Ryan for last year. Matt, what'd you think? What, you know, out of five, what do you rate Spider-Man Remastered? Okay, so it's very, it's very interesting right now, actually, guys, because talking to you... Um, you you you've created disappointment <laughs> in this game for me. That's we, what we do. We pointed out it's the mostly Ryan. <laughs> Evil one. Yes. Um, I probably would give it around a four, a four out of five. Um, I probably would have ranked it higher if I was getting into four point two, four point five, and so on. We don't do halves. Okay. Was this ever so a five? Was this ever a five for you? No. So you would round down probably to a four, even before yeah. Ryan's. Yeah, even despite Ryan, because I I think that Mr. Negative is not, as we've talked about, I don't think Mr. Negative is a enough of a relatable villain uh, within the story that they were trying to tell, where within a 20, 30 hours, I I didn't care enough. I was trying to, he he was a plot device to try to get to Doc Ock. And I feel that, you know, Sinister Six was rushed or unnecessary in the games even introduced. Um, but I love like the mechanics of that game 
the world of it, the ability to just swing around and stuff is happening, whether I got collectibles or, and the collectibles all matter and they all have their own stories and they talk about certain aspects. Yuri is great as the girl in the chair because we have similar aspects with Miles Morales that they've taken cues from. It works. It works really well. It's not overdone. J. Jonah Jameson is in there. Like there is, there's so much in this game to enjoy and to love that it's easily, it was my 2018 game of the year. And it's still, like I've said, I've gone back and played it. What? Why? Why, Jacob? Why? Wait, your 2018 game of the year? Do you know what came out in 2018? You take no. that back, Matt. No. God of God War, of War. Came out in 2018. No. Red Dead Redemption. Interesting. Red, he didn't Assassin's say Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Odyssey. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I, need to, I, need to, I, I want to hear a retraction or I want to hear a really good explanation. This Apologize. is better than God of War to you? No, different. They're both okay. game of the year, but for different reasons. If you had to pick a game of the year in 20, I don't think you understand you how game pick? of the year works. <laughs> no, I didn't say I did. Is, I, this, is this because of AMA? It's entirely because of AMA that I'm <laughs> jabbing at him. I Okay, yes. To go on that for just a second, yeah, I, I think God of War is a better game. It is a better experience game overall. Wow. Okay, I yeah. So that. it's a yeah, better game. Um but because I, I just love Spider-Man. I love that this was my first experience of a full-fledged Spider-Man game playing 20 years plus years of really bad Spider-Man games to good to mediocre or to what we considered, you know, the best yeah. at its time. And to get something like this is incredible. Um, but yeah, I, I would go back and I'd say I'd rank this probably about a four now in retrospect because there are issues with the game. There's pacing issues. Puzzles, I feel, are overdone. The single narrative pieces with Mary Jane and uh, Miles, while good, are the Mary Jane ones are they, they're too long, and yeah. they oversay their welcome. Where I'm like, it's unnecessary. Where to your guys' point earlier, they are a cutscene that they have decided to turn into probably a mission, mm-hmm. and they, again, they they could be changed and tweaked slightly. So there's decisions that are made. And again, it's their story. They wanted to be able to tell this Spider-Man story and they did an amazing job. Best Spider-Man story ever told uh, within video games. However, there's still some issues with it that I'm happy that Miles Morales corrected a lot of stuff. And it makes me very, very excited to see what they do with Spider-Man 2 with Insomniac because there's nothing but optimism. There's there's no hesitation with the next full Spider-Man game and wondering, is this going to be a great game? I think expectations are going to be high, stay high, should be high. Um, curious of how they will raise the bar, but I think that they have learned so much and even coming out with Miles, they already learn what works, what doesn't with their audience and they've tweaked that. And I'm like, great, that means that I'm probably going to get those tweaks and those good things into the next game so yeah that's my yeah Yeah, and and i think i I fall in line with you a lot matt here because what i'm hearing when you you give this such high praise is there's a bit of a spider-man bias from spider-man fans where we do sit there and compare it to what we've experienced in the past and we go oh no like this is the best ever like this is the best spider-man ever and then when you put it in the ballpark of other big you know five out of five games you're like okay it's not it's not i'm coming from i'm coming from jacob like from um, Spider-Man and the X-Men on my Genesis slash SNES, yeah. which was impossible to beat when I was seven. All those games are impossible to beat when you But younger. I loved it. The beat-em-up, mash-em-up, like, corridor side-scrolling stuff. Now, some of the beat-em-up Spider-Man games. 
um, Spider-Man Maximum Carnage, one of my absolute favorite games. I saw, you did a video. You featured that one. I remember video. that video. Yeah. I and it made Spider-Man. me really want to go back and play that game. It's still fun. You can get a mod for ROM for it or whatever. Oh, it's, Ryan's all about ROMs. I used to, oh, dude, I, I, I own it. <laughs> for sure. I think I have <laughs> it on my like... uh, SNES, my mini, because I ROMed it or modded it. At the unlock it, so it's got every game. So that that is still a fun, fun game. But yeah, we've, I think between all of us, we have experienced many, many years and every kind of iteration of Spider-Man games. And we are looking at this as going, this is kind of the closest thing to a movie, a movie experience in my hands. And this, finally, that I can actually web sling. This is the best we've had, right? Yeah. This is it by far. So Ryan, I want to hear your review. What what do you give this? You're not as big of a Spider-Man fan as you know Matt and I, but I'm I'm curious to hear your rating. I, I was walking into this podcast expecting a, a fight where I was going to have to argue with you guys about five or four. Seriously, I, I thought for sure Jacob was going to give this a five. Well, I haven't I given still, my score. I guess yeah, I, I still don't know. Yeah, I still don't know. Yet. Matt has pretty poor judgment, so I thought he was going to do a five as well. I'm kidding. <laughs> but I agree. Like, this is the greatest superhero game ever. But superhero games kind of suck historically they're not great i mean even look at the flagship marvel game that came out this year has just flopped and it's disappointing it's sad all those things but um for some reason they just these these comic book stories just don't carry over super well in games right besides this game the batman games the arkham city arkham asylum all that stuff and like the original marvel versus capcom Honestly, I love that game. Like there's, there's these old games that like you loved when you were a kid, but they weren't great games. And so when you compare it to that, yeah, like if, if superhero games is a genre, this would be a five, but it's not. Superhero games span tons of genres and have tons of different game modes and all sorts of stuff going on. So yeah, when we look at this as like an action adventure game, this is not a five. It just doesn't belong there. As much as we love the characters, as much as we love the story, and the gameplay, it is incredible. It's not a five. All right. Well, let me come in here and just get in there. Throw it at the fan. Okay, I'm going to throw Put it. it. It's going to hit the fan. It's going to. It's going to. It's going to hit the fan. It's going to explode. It's going to be all over the room. Shoot Dang it, Aunt May. So I'm coming in here with a four out of five. I can't give this a five out of five. I I wanted to give this a five out of five. You guys have all nailed it. That when we compare it to previous games in the genre spider-man games yes this this takes the cake i i do have a hard time i'm not ready to sit here and say that this is the best superhero game ever because i really love the arkham series i i absolutely love city and and night but mm. they're in the same field where night had its issues city had its issues spider-man remastered has its issues and i don't want you to spoil it for me yet matt but i'm hoping that miles morales corrects some of these because when i hear a 10-hour story eight-hour story i go all right we're, we're moving in the right direction. I've only dabbled in the beginning of it. We haven't really dug into Miles Morales yet, so we will review it. But Spider-Man Remastered to me is a four out of five. Uh, I'm, I'm pleased to see that we're pretty much all on the same page here. I think we have a lot of the same critique, which tells me that, yeah, Insomniac has some things to improve. That's a, that's a solid agreement. We don't always have this unanimous agreement. We usually have to sit here and fight Nick for a higher score but it sounds like we're all on the same page i'd be really curious what you guys think if you play miles and come out of that and then look at it because i'm curious what they will do with the next spider-man game like i said and what cues they will take from it i don't i i don't personally think that we will get a 
Spider-Man 2 10, 12 hour experience. I think they will go with 20 plus hours. I think they'll try to maximize that thing as the headlining Spider-Man game and push as much as they can in there. But I'm excited. We did it, guys. We, we talked Spider-Man Remastered. So let's get into the description of a, a four for Bushley Gaming. A four for Bushley Gaming is impressive. This game is worth your time and money. The game play and design stand out among others in its genre. There were some aspects still left to be desired, but the game delivered in every other way. The development of this experience was clearly done by professionals and was made with gamers in mind. We just like it a lot, so play it. That, that nails it. I agree. I'll be Aunt May. Yes, Aunt May. I too am May. All right, guys, let's go into into our conclusion. We're wrapping this bad boy up. So upcoming episodes, we have Bug Snacks with the wannabe critic, Gabe Fast. Cool. Somewhere around there, we have Beyond a Steel Sky and Ghost of Tsushima. I don't know which one's going to come out first. Maybe neither of them, and we'll throw something else in there for fun. If you have any games you want us to play, let us know. We're going to do kind of a cool wrap-up, maybe in early January, uh, a game of the year, and then also a game of the decade. Listeners, you can find us on Twitter, at Bush League GMNG, at Bush League Ryan, at Nick A. Beard. Our email is bushleaguegames at gmail.com. You can support the show on Patreon at patreon.com slash gaming. We have a merch store where you can get some cool hoodies, some hats. Matt's got a hoodie. Nick has a hoodie on right now. We got some hats out in the wild. That's bushleagaming.com slash store. Nick, Ryan, thank you for being here. Matt, especially, thank you for being here. Thank you for putting up with Ryan. I want you to, again, plug your stuff. Where can the people find you? Where's your YouTube channel? Where's your podcast? Let's hear it. I want Bushley Gaming sweatpants. Oh, the, we will make that happen. A little ELG down the side, or crazy idea, you could have like over the butt, like gap. But I was literally about to say ELG. I'm going to send yes. you. Yes. Uh, bang, bang. You just nailed it. Right? Yes. That's for free. That's for Ryan. I want a full BLG group grout fit like a gray outfit you know yep. gray sweats gray gray sweatshirt velvet suit like track suit just yeah just track suit yeah track suit with the yeah, hoodie matt. part our lead designer matt see it's free matt where can the people find you i don't know youtube.com slash assemble show if you want high quality uh nerdy content covering games nerdy stuff the movies reacts trailers falcon winter soldier as well as all the Spider-Man stuff, talking graphics, talking games. Be excited if you guys can go and check that out, as well as a podcast twice a week, twitch.tv slash assemble show. And these guys have been on it as well. They're amazing, amazing buddies to be able to have on the show. And I definitely want to try and have them again if they'll have me. We can talk oh. Aunt May and rank them. Oh, let's do it. Let's do a full Aunt May episode. I don't have I would love to Jake. Do you have two show. hour episodes? <laughs> I can for you guys if we're ranking it. Yes. We need Anyways, a full two hours for that. Matt, thank you for coming on. Guys, thank you for being here. Uh, again, we have another episode coming out next week. Uh, tune in for that, and we'll catch you next time. See ya. Love you. Uh, you shoot me with your web, man. <laughs>